from the Dallas Market Hall. This is Market Scale at MetroCon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And today we are at MetroCon 2019 in Dallas, Texas, which is a conference for interior designers, architects, facility managers, and more looking to network and learn in the built environment. And on this episode, we're looking at the loss of privacy in the workplace and why some say we need to bring it back. How should architects design with privacy in mind and to what extent? We're looking to answer those questions and to give his insight, I'd like to welcome Andy Vodder, Vice President of Business Development for MPS LLC. Andy, great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to breaking this down. So, you know, I think everyone can just literally turn around in their seats and look at what the workplace looks like today and realize that things have evolved a ton in the last several years. I mean, that traditional cubicle style office plan has been transformed into open floor, which has become collaborative spaces and then even further been pushed to co-working spaces. So, you know, the workplace doesn't look like it did in office space. Which, exactly. Gotta right? shout out that movie, great movie. Of course. Um, <laughs> what kind of effect has this change in the workplace had on privacy in the workplace? Well, I mean, the way you described it, I, I think everybody could understand that that's basically going to kill privacy. Right. And so um, things that we're seeing come back as a result of that are, believe it or not, phone booths. So that's oh. a new trend is okay. a small little phone booth put in the office. So if I need to call my doctor or call my wife or something like that, I can get up and walk into one of those, close the door and have a call. Do you have to use quarters? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. No quarters <laughs> nope, either. No. Nope. Although they're pretty expensive, so yeah. they probably should have a little bit of an offering in there, yes. you know, help pay for no, it. Feed the quarters back to me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I mean, that, and it totally makes sense, right? As the walls came down and collaboration increased, it's almost like the pendulum swung a little too far in yeah. the other direction. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to describe that. Are there any other specific design trends that have affected the modern workplace and privacy in the modern workplace? You know, I think a lot of that boils down to um, cost. So Interesting, okay. You know, Walls are expensive? Real, well, real estate's expensive, mm. right? So people who maybe traditionally could have fit 100 employees in a certain amount of square foot now are trying to do it in a smaller space. And so they're trying, they're, they're coming to the architects and designers and saying, you know, we need to maximize the footprint here. How do we get more people in the space? And so um, that's adding to it. And so, you know, you also look at construction techniques. So a lot of people here uh, at this show, yeah. you know, sell different materials and things like that that go into builds. And, you know, the way we're designing walls if you just ask a general contractor to build you a wall, there's a bunch of different ways they can do it. True. There's the right way from an acoustic standpoint to give uh -huh. people privacy, and there's the cheap way. Which puts you know. up a barrier, but doesn't exactly. do much so there's a privacy. barrier, but the sound easily goes through the wall. You mm -hmm. know, there's that funny Geico commercial where those people are looking at condos, and <laughs> you know the people on each side of the wall right. are kind of telling them about how great that place <laughs> right, is. Right, right. And, and that's happening in office spaces as well. Right. So even if you do get lucky enough to have your own private office, a lot of times that's not all that private. Right. Do you think this trend of more openness and less walls is going to change in the mainstream anytime soon? No, I don't think it'll change. And, and again, because how do you give everybody a private office yeah. and, and afford to pay the bills? I think there's probably a sneaky um, secondary reason, which is, you know, employers don't entrust all don't trust all their employees to focus on their job all the True. time so if you gave them a 
three walls and a door where they could shut it. They might just, you know, be on Instagram the whole time. Or, yeah. <laughs> or YouTube up on the second <laughs> right, screen. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think th that might be a secondary thing where they like to have eyes on their employees. Yeah. And so, you know. Which is fair. You know, I... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, it's whatever. Well, you know, it's, it's just a balance per sure. usual. Yep. Um, and... I, it's tough because I also wouldn't, so like my office building, for example, we have a relatively open floor plan that still has some small divides. Like it doesn't sure. do much for, for acoustic um, privacy, but for visual privacy, you can kind of just focus in on your area. And I don't know that I would want everyone to have like a cu big cubicle, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's yeah. ugly and, and garish and and uninspiring as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's there's a balance. It's all about finding that balance. In the end, that's what we do as a company right. is we allow people to take the best parts of both of that. Yeah. Keep that open collaborative space, reduce costs, but then right. let's come back and help fix some of the natural downfalls to that, some of the sure. privacy issues and acoustic problems. So let's take a step back for a second. Okay. What is your reasoning for why privacy is important in the workplace in the first place? Well, there's two main reasons. One is in a corporate environment, there are some serious issues when you're talking about HR oh, and okay. yeah. um, administrative areas and areas where you do actually have sensitive conversations happening. Um, and so that that's one significant issue that, that we deal with a lot. Hmm. Um, also just in general, people are more productive when they're comfortable and able to focus. And so in these open areas where it's a little bit more noisy, sure. if they can't focus, they're less productive. And mm -hmm. so that's an ROI issue that companies look at and say, well, if our employees are, are distracted, they can't right. work as often, so they're, they're less productive. Um, and then the other side is there's a lot of regulations. When you look at me medical, you know, your personal data, my personal data, I, I really want to stay that way, True. stay private. And so the government has regulated people's privacy, both education, financial, and medical. And so all those different areas have some actual stated um, requirements that they have to protect people's privacy. That's fair. Now, compared to some other things that affect productivity, like you know, windows, lighting, music over the loudspeakers, all that kind of stuff, how does this compare to you know, the, the positive or negative effects of some of those other things on productivity? Yeah, it... You know, obviously I'm biased, right? So sure. I'm going to say it's the number one thing. Right, but, right. you know, when, when you think about it, uh, overhearing other conversations is really hard to tune out. Yeah. So you can tune out a lot of things. You can, you can tune out consistent sounds. You can tune out road noise if you're next to the highway. Mm -hmm. um, but when people are talking about the concert they went to last weekend, and I'm over here concentrating at my computer screen. Right. But over time, I'm going to find myself listening to that conversation. And before yeah. you know it, you're sitting there saying, what was I doing? Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's funny. I mean, <clears> as much as I try sometimes, I feel like our brain is just wired to want to engage. It's like, it's just we're, like a we're program to understand we're, language. We're social beings. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. It's, yep. it's pretty nuts. So yeah, that, that makes sense. And it can be frustrating because to a degree, I think complete isolation as well in the workplace is also kind of like, what's my purpose here? Sure, you know, nobody why? wants that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's tough. Again, it's all about that balance. So, um, you know, I think it's all about finding that great middle ground between consistent levels of productivity and the least number of distractions. Um, do you think this particular dynamic has become more of a challenge for interior designers specifically to try to try to find that balance? Yeah, I, I think it has. The one 
thing that I've been encouraged with over the last few years is there, there seems to be, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that do what we do and yeah. we're all trying to educate people on some of the things to be considering early on in that design process. And so it seems to be more on people's minds than maybe it was a few years ago. Sure. So that's encouraging. Um, but it's still challenging because obviously you have budget concerns. Yeah. And so you, you've got to deal with the financial situation that you're, you're dealt, right? Right. And then you also have to deal with the fact that um, not all the solutions are created equal. So there's there's multiple ways you can treat the problem and, right. and knowing what is the right solution and the right amount of that solution is important. And so I think that's been maybe the challenge is now people are aware that it's a problem and they need to be addressing it. Right. But they're not 100% confident of am I doing, am I putting the right amount of materials in here? Or sure. Am I using the right technology? Am I doing the right things? Well, you know, our last conversation was about lighting design and lighting control. And I think we're seeing a very similar issue here in that there's just not a lot of inspiration to draw from yet. It's still a, a relatively fresh phenomenon that yes. people are trying to find this balance. So it's not like you can peruse, uh, you know, documents worth, pictures worth, videos worth of inspiration to find ways to find that balance. It's kind of a, I guess, a work in progress for well, the industry. It's, and it's still kind of scary to people. Yeah. So they're, they're not 100% sure what to expect. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we, we changed our company name to MPS very recently, which mm. stands for Making Privacy Simple. Oh, nice. So the whole point was, how do we take this rather complex idea yeah. and simplify it for people? So what are some of those design trends that you vouch for that keep that balance in mind, that find the privacy sure. of the cubicle, but the open collaborativeness of the co-working space? Yeah, I would say um, one of the recommendations I typically give, it's something that we do in our CEU and we're, when we're training designers and architects on, on how to have these conversations and, sure. and design with this in mind, is to dual purpose as many products as possible. Okay. So if you're working up a cool ceiling design or mm -hmm. something on the wall, instead of using materials that are going to be reflective and further make the acoustics of the space poor, yeah. let's try and substitute some of those materials for acoustic materials that are design driven. So there's money in the budget to have a cool designed wall. But if you do a cool designed wall that's not acoustic or doesn't have right acoustics, then you're going to have to add acoustics somewhere else and now you're paying for two products. Ah. So, you know, recommending how, how often can you dual purpose products like that? You know, desk screens are another example. You know, instead of having something very hard and reflective, mm. go with something soft and acoustic. Mm. You, you're already going to buy them. The money's already in the budget for desk screens, but let's make sure they're acoustic as well. So that's probably my favorite go-to is just let's get creative on how do we dual purpose products because then it's not adding to the budget. It's just kind of being smart with yeah. the budget. I mean, it sounds like basically just a more focused emphasis on acoustic design across the board. Exactly. Yeah. I teach them to have the conversation Yeah. because your client might still say, you know what, you know, I don't think we need to do this right now. Mm -hmm. One of the things we hear all the time is let's wait and see. Let's wait till we move in and see right. how things go. Let's finish the entire design and then <laughs> yes. see. It's like And then we'll <laughs> see. It's not horrible. I understand it because then when they come back, sometimes they have a very targeted understanding of what the problem is. Sure. It's like now that we're here, this is what everybody hates and now right. let's go fix that problem. But, you know, if you're having that conversation as the designer or an architect and your client says, "Well, let's wait and see." Then when they move in and there is a problem, 
they're not going to be upset with you about you designed this space poorly. Right. They're going to be, the, the reaction is going to be much more like, you were right. Right. Help me. This was an issue. Yeah. Can we can we get it fixed? Right. So that, that's what we teach. Um, it just changes the dynamic. Yeah, for sure. So how should interior designers and architects bring this up with their clients in a more nuanced way? Like, like you were saying, you know, just dig in there. Um, because I, I think finding a way to convince people to bring acoustic design into the process earlier, even if you do get the kind of like, not like the satisfaction, but just like the, the understanding for both parties that, oh yeah, okay, this is what you meant and this is why it works. That I think is more useful when they're on board earlier and you don't have to go back in and redesign. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you have that conversation to try to convince them that no, acoustic design is very important, it should be one of your top priorities? It starts with the fact that the majority of companies that are designing and moving to a new space are doing something different. Right. So they're, they understand that their old space was high wall cubicles right. and a lot of private offices with a drop ceiling. Yeah. And they're asking for, we're going to go a little bit tighter space with some sit-stand desks and no partitions mm -hmm. and expose concrete ceilings. Right. So customers aren't stupid. They, they understand that we're, we're changing environments and right. they inherently understand that there's going to be acoustical challenges. Sure. Um, and so really starting with a conversation, it's not hard to convince them. They understand that. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that's been my experience is as soon as you bring it up, they're like, we were wondering about that, you know, yeah. <laughs> how do you plan on addressing that? <laughs> right, it, it just right. kind of opens the door for a conversation. Yeah. And then what would you say are some of the common mistakes that come up with trying to get this across to the client? Something you've seen sure. designers or architects misrepresent? That's a really good question. I think probably the number one mistake that I see is they just look to add absorption panels, which we do. That's a, great, a big yeah. part of what we do as a company. But that's kind of the standard go-to. You have noise problems. Let's put some acoustic panels in here and that's right. going to solve our problems. And that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. That That is a piece of the puzzle, it's not typically the whole puzzle unless there's very specific problems we're trying to address. Right. And so I think that's probably the biggest mistake is I say, well, let's just add some acoustic panels in here and then you're going to be good and that ends up not being the case. Then you're not, they're not overly happy with the sure. result. And that's when we get called later on after they've moved in and it's right. like, oh yeah, we did that. It didn't do anything. Right. Now we need help. So uh, could you give me an example of, uh, you know, you don't have to name the specific client, sure. but just of of something like that, where you rolled out a half measure and you know what didn't work, why did you have to come back for the full measure? Sure, so um, I, got, I have two actually for okay, you. Cool. So one was a, a customer recently sent me their floor plan because they reached out and said, you know, we want a sound masking system for our yeah. space, which is a white noise system. And I said, okay, send me your floor plan, I'll get it to a designer and we'll start there. They send the floor plan and I see on the floor plan that they've got acoustic panels, it was a competitor of ours, I saw the name of it on in multiple areas in sure. the space. And so I was intrigued, so I called her and said, yeah. you know, I'm noticing that these are here, were those actually installed? And she said, yeah, yeah they are, they don't do anything. <laughs> and I chuckled and it wasn't because it was our, our competition, it was right. because it was only one piece of the puzzle. So mm -hmm. I was able to then explain to her, you know, that's great, I'm really glad you have that because looking at the pictures you sent me, you're gonna need those. Yeah. But when we add our solution to that mix, you're going to have, that's going to complete the puzzle. And, and what was your solution? It was a, it was a sound masking system. Okay. So we ended up putting uh, sound masking, which is basically ambient noise in the space. 
Oh, sounds okay. like the air conditioning is running. Okay. And it covers over a lot of those distracting sounds that people hear. Interesting. Yeah. So by having the absorbing panels in there, the echo was knocked down. Right. And then we replaced that loud echoey sound with a consistent uniform sound that covers over all the other distracting sounds. And then they had a perfect environment. Huh. I'll give you a mistake I made. <laughs> okay. So the ones I, you learn from the right, most. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, I learned from this one. But <laughs> uh, when I first started, I was, you know, I, I was actually a teacher before this. So cool. I got into, to, into sales and acoustics not because I was trained to, to be that or sure. had experience. So it was very new. I was learning on the job and I had a family, so I needed to support my family. Right. Okay. So you could see the scenario. The pressure. Uh, I really needed to make sales. Yes. And uh, so I had an opportunity with somebody, and it was reversed. We didn't have acoustic panels yet, and they had a really bad echo problem. Ooh, okay. Which, that's the solution to that problem. All I had was the sound masking. But I really wanted to make that sale, right? Yeah. So I convinced them that I was the solution. They needed to go forward. Of course, they bought it. And... Um, it wasn't, but two weeks later, they're like, this is not working. Yeah. We want our money back. We want you to come get this. Ooh. It was it was, it was was hard. It was yeah. one of the only times I've ever had that happen where I had yeah. to like give them their money back, return the system, give my commission back, right? It was just sad all the way around. Yeah, right. So well, what I learned from that experience was, I was like, you know, next time that happens, I'm just going to be honest with them and tell them how this all works. Because yeah. I understood how it worked. I just really wanted to make a sale. Yeah. So the next time that happened, I was completely honest with them. I said, you need these two solutions. I only do one of them. But I want you to be aware that, so by putting mine in, it's not gonna be enough. Right. And they said, well, let's try it. I said, okay, you know, all yeah. right. But I was honest with you. And so they put mine in, they called me and said, you were right, I think it's helping, but I think we need to do that other phase. Yeah. And I said, well, let me get you in touch with someone that can help you. Nice. So just to contrast that with the two scenarios, one, I was, you know, able to provide them with the right amount of information up front. Sure. So they were, uh, you know, when they called me, they weren't, ha they weren't mad. They didn't want to return the system. It was very much like, you were right. Now let's add this next solution in yeah. the space. The first one was pissed at me. They were, your crap doesn't work. I want <laughs> right. a refund. And so I learned very quickly, have that conversation, an honest conversation up front. And then that puts me in that trusted advisor seat to where they just, they understand I have their best interest sure. in mind. And um, I mean, I think it makes sense too for, you know, technology like this, for lack of a better word, it, it, it is still in its infancy in that, like you said, it's not standardized yet among all offices. So even if you are, you know, recommending a competitor or something, it's like, hey, you know, yeah, our solution does about half the job. I'm gonna have to be honest, you're probably gonna wanna reach out to these people too. Right. That's not like you're doing your company or yourself a disservice at this point yet because everyone is still growing and it, it kind of helps to have that healthy ecosystem of like, look, if I can make the sale here, but also recommend them over here, we're going to have another happy customer that understands exactly. the importance of yep. acoustic design. Um, so yeah, sometimes brutal competition is not the best way to get something standardized across uh, an I industry. I think I've learned that um, just caring about the customer's yeah. experience is really the only thing that matters. Yeah. And so, you know, when when you have that in, in your kind of frame of mind, yeah. you know, you're happy to help them and you're also happy to say, I'm not the right solution for you. And it, it I don't know, it always seems to come back in a good way when you do that. So right. that's, I learned the hard way, unfortunately, but yeah. you know, I learned at least. So. I love that. <laughs> so just to kind of wrap things up, postulate a little bit, sure. what would you say are some of the more unique or unexpected ways that um, 
this focus on privacy and acoustic design can influence maybe beyond the workplace uh, or, you know, bring privacy or, or uh, more acoustic forward design to some other areas like the home, like the living space, maybe museums or, um, yeah, other large meeting spaces, whatever it might be. Well, there is some really interesting technology out there um, that that can affect some of those things. You know, people have used the Bose canceling headsets and things like that. Um, They're so great on the airplane. Oh, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. The, the problem with that is that that technology really only exists when you can cover your ear. Right. Um, so we're still light years away from just having it work everywhere as you walk into a building and it's there. Um, that would be fantastic, but yeah. that's the, the science and the, the measurement required to do that is just, we're not even close to Very that. Very minute, yeah. Um, so it's still kind of, it, the interesting thing is outside of like a noise canceling headphones or something like that, yeah. we're still very kind of elementary in how we would treat this sure. in, in those other environments. Um, but we, we've, we've solved some very unique situations. I had a, a high rise condo in Dallas that for whatever reason, and I hope they're listening because this is hilarious, but for whatever reason, they put a basketball court like on the 23rd floor <laughs> with condos below it, right? Thump, 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 <laughs> yeah, thump, thump. So, so um, <laughs> but they knew that they were going to have a problem before they ever put any drywall yeah. up. So uh, what they decided to do, we did this really interesting um, technology where we used a vibrating transducer. It's like the 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 transducer of a speaker okay and we adhered it to the back side of the drywall so when the the drywallers went in there we went in and wired up these transducers on the back side and it vibrated the ceiling ever so slightly to create a sound masking white noise system and also that vibration helped make the thumping of the basketballs not quite so so crazy yeah yeah Yeah. so it didn't eliminate it it didn't cancel it but it sure made it not so ridiculously right. bad. I still would never have bought a condo on the <laughs> right 22nd the basketball floor. Court. I, I love those commercials <laughs> of like being an upstairs neighbor. I don't know if you've seen those sketches, but it's like they're like rolling bowling balls on yes. the floor and throwing yeah. jacks everywhere. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, but that, that was, but real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it, you know, so that was one of those design failures a little bit yeah. from the very beginning. But it was a we actually did help help the customer, help the builder get a much more workable solution. Yeah. And it was kind of a really unique technological way to do it. We, yeah. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, you know, I just think it's really cool seeing all these technologies inch closer and closer to being standardized, you know, from lighting control to acoustic design to health and wellness design. Um, it's, it's getting all, there. It's all getting there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, conferences like MetroCon, I think, help educate everyone, get everyone on that same page. and foster some of that inspiration that maybe is lacking for the industry right now. So, you know, it's really interesting to see how this is growing now, where it's at. Um, But it's also exciting to see that there's still so much room for it to grow, both technologically and just in creative and unique applications. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure getting to chat with you, Andy. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and giving us your thoughts on this. Uh, You got to keep us up to date with more design fails <laughs> and more <laughs> I exci- got many more. <laughs> yeah, and more more fun acoustic design wins uh, yes. because it, I, I really think it's one of those those hidden wins one of those things that doesn't really get the limelight but can make such a big difference to productivity and just overall happiness um, and well-being in a space Absolutely. So, that's what it's all about all about all right Andy yep. thank you for joining us it was a pleasure appreciate it thanks 
And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.